What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back with Vershawn Jackson. Sponsored by Wingstop. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Uh, is this thing on, Mama? Mama, is it on? It's on, Bach. It's on. Oh, it's the captain. The ticket, 93.7, brought to you by Wingstop <laughs> and Wingstop Chicken, Chicken Sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You won't get that Big Mac today, but you can get you a chicken sandwich <laughs> at 11 o'clock. <laughs> oh, the Big Macs is out. Yeah, they are. We didn't get a sack. Nope. Oh. No. Nah. So, so what was it? 52 dropbacks and so not now, one sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now so so now he's up to 702 dropbacks with only 10 sacks. Look, look, we're going to look back at this quarterback. I'm telling you right now and say that this is one of the better quarterbacks um, of the deal. Bob, put us in the tr- the trifecta with me at the bottom. Okay. Yeah, put us, wipe me up a little bit. Yeah, put me at the bottom. Wipe me up a little bit. There we go. So I can see the shoulders, you know what I'm saying? Put Terrell yeah, up there with the you. Yeah. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Put the black. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. Now, 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 let me get back to what I was talking about before. Beautiful people at the top, Bob. Right. <laughs> so, 18. Listen, at the end of the day, Scott Frost was the coach, right? He was the head coach. No other guy got that kind of money on the staff, correct? So, all, everything that happens is on his shoulders, correct? Now, Mickey Joseph's got nine games to prove that he is the coach of Nebraska's future. Nine games by any means necessary. I'm just going to say that, okay? Now, let's go through 2018. Let's do this one more time so you get so you guys get it straight. 2018, we started off on a six-game skid. Mm. Lost to Colorado, 33-28. Lost to Troy, 24-19. Lost to Michigan, 56-10. Lost to Purdue, 42-28. Lost to Wisconsin, 41-24. Lost to Northwestern, 34-31. One, uh, or or we beat Minnesota, 53-28. I put an asterisk by there, okay? Because you still gave up 28 points. (laughs) Okay? 
Yeah. All right. We beat Bethune Cookman forty-five to nine. We lost to Ohio State thirty-six to thirty-one. I put a thirty-six. We gave up. We scored thirty-one. Perfect. But you gave up thirty-six. One Illinois fifty-four to thirty-five. You gave up thirty-five. Your offense was powerful enough. But as the head guy, if you know that your offense is powerful enough, what do you work on? Defense. What do you think Mickey's in there doing? Working, Working on offense? <laughs> you think he's so. in there diving into what's going on on the offensive side of the ball? <laughs> no. I think Whipple's got a handle of that. You, right well, you, you you heard that with Trev Alberts, with what he said. But you, you got to deal with the problem. If I'm leaking in my leg, I got to fix the problem. I cannot say, oh, because my head is hurting. Let me tend to my headache. And the fact that I got a bullet hole in my leg, I, it might be, or a stab wound or, or a bee sting, I just let the bee sting go. Okay, so now we averaged 31.25 points per game the opponent did versus us. Black shirt. Is that black shirt defense? No, nah, that's not black shirt defense. We talked about that earlier. I told him, like, when, I, when we was up, um, man, we gave up 72 yards a game rushing. You know, that was it. Nobody's getting 100 yards on us. Uh, we probably gave up 100-yard rusher that whole season. And they giving up two. One guy had, what, 13 carries for, what, 130 yards? Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that doesn't fit. You know, as a team, you got as a defense, you got you to you look at each other. And y'all got to come to a point where we got to do better. You know, you, if you got to have a defensive meeting private every day with your team, that's what you got to do. But somebody got to fix this storm. Okay, so here we go to 2019. Now, what was our record? In 2018, was it four and eight? I think we were three and six in the conference, four and eight overall. Right? This yeah. Is 2018. Take that, Bethune and Cookman. Okay, perfect. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> three, three and six. Our our wins came over Minnesota, Bethune Cookman, and Illinois. Come on, man. Hold on. Oh, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, State, Michigan too, State, yeah, and Michigan State. That count. was a big time win. We, we, we don't, yeah. we, we right. don't count Bethune Cookman. That was a good defensive game, nine to six. Oh yeah. Okay, so then we moved to 2019. Okay, we're five and seven, three and six in the Big Ten. So, same thing in the conference. Didn't make any strides. Didn't technically get any better. We got one game better. I didn't go through all the games that we played or won, but guess what? 27.75. McBride said this. 13 point, giving up 13 points or less is championship football. That's black shirt football. Yeah. 13 points or less. That's the goal. Not 27.75. Now, transfers in 2019. Greg Bell, Cole Fram. Just Brandon Hosting, Ty John Lindsay, Justin McGriff. We recruited these kids, the Justin McGriffs of the world. Caleb Lightborn, Breon Dixon, Cameron, Cameron Jones, Quayshawn J- uh, Alexander, who I think turned out to be a really good linebacker, right? Oh, character. Oh, my God. Do the music. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Do the music. Rico, thank you. Sometimes you have to be a producer, Rico. Uh-oh. Bam on the window, Rico. I'm, I, I, hey, listen, I'm in the doghouse time still by this man gracing us with his presence and patience. He didn't say anything. I can't believe it. And he's a black shirt. I thought he would just come and attack and adjust me, rip my head off, and be like, VJ, what are you doing? I'm waiting. But he didn't. For that, Adam Carriker live. Adam, sorry, man.
That's two weeks in a row, man. You and me going to have to meet up by the flagpole after school or something. <laughs> hey, let's do a little one-on-one Oklahoma drill, man. <laughs> I might I might halfway stand a chance now that you ain't as big and strong and smacking people around like you was 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I definitely – the body looks a little different, that's for sure. <laughs> What's up, big fella? We were texting during the game. You know, just 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 throwing different ideas off. What's this? What's that? Um, the day has come. The axe has dropped. Um, what's your thoughts? What say you? I mean, yeah. After the game, it was. I mean, everyone knew what was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And you know, clearly, it happened Sunday morning. It was. It was a decision that Trev said he didn't sleep much Saturday night. I think it was obviously a very tough decision. Uh, not necessarily what the decision was going to be, but maybe when. I mean, they chose to do it, you know, three weeks earlier than they had to, and they chose to spend $7.5 million more million to do it. And essentially, I think it gives everybody, and I'm not trying to bear Scott with this, but it gives you a reason for excitement because everybody knows what's coming. It leaves a cloud. It leaves a cloud over the place. Adam? We lost Adam. We'll get him back here in a minute. Is he still on? Uh, I'm not sure. Rico, recall him. Go ahead and hang up. Let's recall him on a bit. We'll, we'll take a couple text messages from Sonderham text line. Uh, question for T. Farley, uh, VJ, and Adam Carricker. So, Adam, if you're listening, if you're not, we'll, we'll ask this. With as easily as they're giving out the black shirts these days, are they slowly beginning to lose meaning? A black shirt used to mean that you were dangerous. Now they're given and not earned. Yeah, he, he he's right about that. Um, it, we've been non-factors for years, and and it, it kind of hurts the older black guy, black shirt guys who 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 traditionally started this or or was was that played on a winning team. You know, this was our brotherhood. You know, this this is what we this is what you played at Nebraska for if you're a defensive player to get that black shirt to play on national championship levels to go to bowl games and and lately this is this has not been a black shirt unit. You know, I don't know if it comes that with the coaching staff, but the next coaching staff that comes in here got to understand what a black shirt means. You know, mm. either we need to write a book about it or we need to lay it in stone. But a black shirt is something that you earn and and not given. Uh, I think we got Adam. Adam, you back? Yeah. What was uh, what was the last thing you heard me say? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll just start you, over, hey, man. Hey, yeah, I probably just, wasn't hey. making a lot of sense anyway, so I'll just start over. No, you were. So basically, yeah, we kind of all knew what was coming after the Georgia Southern game. It was it wasn't a matter of what was going to happen. It was a matter of when. And you know, Trev Alberts he even talked about he didn't get a whole lot of sleep Saturday night. Again, I think for him it was not what decision do I have to make; it's when do I do it. Had they waited three more weeks, as we all know, they would have saved seven and a half million dollars. Like that's how important it was to make that decision Sunday morning. And I think what was going to happen because everybody knew what was going to come. It was like a cloud hanging over the coaching staff, the players, the fans, the games, the program until it finally happened. So I think in Trev's eyes, it was like, I got to do this now. And it will give people a renewed reason for excitement and hope and what's going to happen next, as opposed to, well, we know what's going to happen. Just once again, you know, it, it's just a cloud hanging. I'm not trying to bury Scott here, but once it happened, I felt a renewed sense of like excitement. All right, Mickey's in charge. Let's see what Mickey can do. All right. How are we going to come out against Oklahoma? How are we going to look the rest of this year? And I think that was a, 
expensive but necessary business decision that, that Trev had to make. And I think doing it so quickly on Sunday gives us a reason for optimism, excitement, what's going to happen next, what can these guys do, how are they going to come out and respond. And so to me, I mean, it was an expensive decision, but I mean, it wasn't my call. So right. it's easy for me to say it, but I feel like it was the right decision. I'm talking to Adam Carricker, uh former black shirt, former first-round draft pick. Let me just say this, though. Lee Barfnick, uh, uh, I don't know if this is a tweet, but I just got this. But he said, no, it's not. With the national TV pregame show from Fox at Nebraska this week, Trev changed the narrative from looking back. He's getting $20 million in free advertisement for looking ahead and selling in you. Very savvy. This was the, 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 the Matthew Henson said this, the Nebraska Athletic Department is paying Scott Frost nearly $18 million not to coach for 19 more days. That's almost a million a day. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I mean, not a million, but, you know, 500,000, you know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a nice little chunk of change. What are your thoughts on that? Is, is the $20 million in free advertising worth the $8 million that we did? And don't you think at some point do you let a person continue to bleed out when he's already bleeding and there's nothing that you can do? Or do you put him on hospice and say, look, son, you, we're going to let you, you know, whenever whenever that time is for you to go, buddy, you, you're on your own. Yeah, my first thought is you, if you want me to stay home, it's not going to cost a million dollars a day. I, I am much cheaper if somebody just wants me to stay home and not do something. So that was my first thought. My other thought was kind of like, yeah, what I said, like, I think it needed to happen. Um, it just did, just for the excitement. The apathy was setting in. Uh, I think the Northwestern game really hurt. Uh, and then losing to Georgia Southern. I mean, we're 0-2 versus Division One teams this year. So I think the apathy was setting in. I know Oklahoma was coming, and people are going to get excited for that game, especially in Lincoln. But there's just a renewed sense of, of excitement for what's going to happen, how's it going to look, you know, just a reason – the cloud is gone and a reason to have a renewed sense of urgency. And again, I'm not trying to bury Scott. I'm just talking about the cloud that was going to hang until it was finally happened. You know, Scott was going to be let go, which everyone knew. And so I, I think it was, it gives the program a little bit of juice as to going forward a little bit. Mm. So let me ask you this, because I know we, we, we I, th I still think we need to talk about it because there, there is a search going on. Who would your, let's just say, if not Mickey, let's just, just go and say, if not me, who are your top, top three candidates right now? So I – hold on. I got a list. And I, I did I did not try to narrow it down at all at first. I started very, very wide. And there's a, it's actually a list. And that's why I texted you last night, you know, and, and one of the names you had mentioned to me in the past because Mike Rucker's doing some good things where, where he's at is Mike Rucker. Mike Minner, so Mike he's Minner. One of, I'm sorry. I text you Mike Runner and you text back Mike Minter. I apologize. Mike That's Minter. Right. Um, I'm going to get that straight. That's on me. Uh, but it's a list of about 32 guys. And then I, my dad, he's like, 32? I'm talking to him last night. He's like, Adam, you got to do better than that. Narrow it down. Narrow <laughs> <it down> to, <laughs> my dad's getting on me. So I narrowed it down to 10. Can I give you a 10? Give me 10. And I'll narrow it down as we go along more. Give How's me 10. 10 sound? Give me 10. All right. So I'll be honest with you. My favorite guy would be Luke Fickle. Uh, if, if we're taking Mickey out of the equation, I've got Mickey as one of the 10, by the way. I've got him as one of my, you know, towards the top. I'm excited to see what he can do. I really am. Um, it would be great if the team could get some wins, get rolling, and Mickey becomes the guy. 
Um, so he is one of my 10. Outside of Mickey, I think Luke Fickle would probably be my top choice. Uh, what he's done at a non-power school, building a, uh, a college football playoff team right in Ohio State's backyard. He's coached in the Big Ten. If this offense can stay rolling and continue to do well, and Whipple can get some things going and figured out uh, beyond even what they've done so far. Fickle's a defensive-minded guy. You can have the offense, in theory, taking care of. You bring in Fickle, he can take care of the defense. And I love Chenander as a person. We just got to get more results on the field. I, I think that would probably, at this point, be you know one of my, my top picks. You know Some of the other guys I got, so I got Mickey, I got Dave Aranda, Baylor. I like guys who go into places that either weren't great at football before and now all of a sudden they're a lot better or the program was really down and they built it back up. Baylor, they were, they were hurting um, when he took over. And in his second year, they, they won a Big 12 championship. And I know mm-hmm. they lost to BYU in double overtime Saturday, but I got Mickey, Dave Aranda. What Mark Stoops has done at Kentucky has flown under the radar. It's crazy to me. Matt Campbell, I mean, Iowa State was awful before for a long time before he got there. Uh, you look at Lance Leopold at Kansas. They just dropped 55 on West Virginia. I got Luke Fickle. Did I got Urban Meyer on this list? All right, just bear with me. Dave Dorn, again, NC State's always been good, and I know they had an ugly first win against East Carolina. Ugly and lucky, but they're a team that a lot of people think can win the ACC. Sam Pittman has kind of turned around Arkansas. Man, they look pretty good. And I got Jamie Chadwell head coach and offensive coordinator at Coastal Carolina. Mm. Those are kind of my top ten. Okay. I, I, I won't tell you to break that down. We'll wait to that. We'll, we'll, we'll wait as we move forward, as the season progresses, and we see what Mickey – because, you know, I think it is it, – it's a good idea to see what Mickey is going to bring to the table. I think there's some adjustments that he can make that is not great adjustments. They're not like there's going to be some big-time adjustments. You know, if he can tweak a little bit here – Tweak a little bit there. I think we'll see the results of that, you know, on Saturday. Um, are you when you look at Saturday? What's your thoughts on Oklahoma? Do we have a shot against them? Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best-kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, again, um, the cloud has been lifted. And, and again, not bearing Scott, it's the cloud of, well, we know what's coming. Just we're kind of sitting and waiting. And that's never a good state for a person to be in, let alone a whole football program and state waiting, you know, on that program and that thing to happen. So for me, there's going to be probably a renewed sense of energy, uh, urgency, excitement. And so now that we have this going forward, I think 
there's going to be a crazy atmosphere Saturday in Lincoln. It's not an insane prediction at all. But I think the players are going to come out and play that way. And this is a good Oklahoma team. It's a talented Oklahoma team. But, man, you lose as many players as they lost from last year. The coaching staff and Brent Venables is a stud and Gabriel's a stud at quarterback. But I don't think they're quite as talented as they've been. They're still insanely talented. There's a lot of new. Um, they haven't looked insanely phenomenal so far against their first couple of opponents, UTEP being one of them. I do think it can be a very interesting game. I'm just curious, can we put it together for four full quarters? If we're hanging with them in the first half, do we continue to do so in the second half? Because I do think it can be a very interesting game going into the fourth quarter. For me, you know, what kind of shape are we in? Has that strength conditioning staff done a good job? Mm-hmm. To me, I don't know about that so far, and I'm kind of curious to see how that fourth quarter goes. But I think we can make it interesting and exciting going into the fourth quarter. Once we get there, I, that's what I'm curious to see what happens then. Interesting fact. I was talking earlier. You heard me giving those stats out about the average, you know, that the defense gave up per year, 18. Over the four-year span, it's like 27.6 points per game. That being said, is defense an area that needs to be addressed? And, you know, what ties to Ed, or, and this is from the text line, Scrapper says, could Mickey bring in Ed around on defense? I mean, Trev made it clear. Mickey's the head coach. He can he – can, do what he wants you know in, in the season you know maybe in the future uh, I don't know about in season but well I mean he could bring in Edward Jones I'll be honest with you it wasn't pretty at the end at LSU so I don't know if you want to do that and it'd be tough to make that move in season um, obviously he won a title but it wasn't great there at the end so defenses it need to be addressed yeah that's yes um, it absolutely needs to be addressed that's by far the biggest concern on Saturday because you know we could we could get blown out. We, we, we could get embarrassed. And I'm not as concerned about the offense or even the special teams anymore. As Are we are we going to stop Oklahoma? I think Georgia Southern punted once the whole game. And if we can't stop them, how's that going to work against Oklahoma? Oof. I, man, I, that, that's the scary part, right? Uh, that's the scary part is, is knowing that you could – I don't even want to talk like that. I don't even want to think that way, Adam. But that's but that's the truth. What are you looking? What are you? What are some of the keys? And I know you got your own keys. You're gonna throw out there on the Character Live Show. But give me a couple keys to to winning this week, given the situation, given the fact that you know, regardless of what's going on, this is monumental. On nine eleven, might, might I say, yesterday was nine eleven. Nine one one is the call. What say you about? you know, Oklahoma and keys to winning that game? I mean, for me, it starts up front in the trenches. We have not looked good on the O-line, the D-line. Georgia Southern doesn't even want to run the ball, and they averaged almost eight yards per carry over 200 yards rushing. So we got to play better up front in the trenches. And I don't even know how Anthony Grant finds half the holes that he finds. And Casey Thompson has played really well considering the offensive line is strong. It starts up front. You can't win against good teams if you don't win in the trenches. So we got to be better there. Uh, for me, four full quarters. Like, I do think it's going to be electric. And I do think that the team's going to come out on fire. And I do think it can be competitive and interesting and exciting. I'm curious, though. We, I don't remember the last time we played a four full quarter game. 
Uh, and so for me, we got to put together four full quarters because I'm curious what's going to happen if it is close going into that last quarter. Like those would probably be my two biggest keys. What, what do you think Mickey is telling the team at this point? Oh, man. You know, like tr- just trying to put myself in his shoes. Um, and when I've been in meetings like this in the past, you know, because I was there when, when Solich was let go, the uh, coach I had at the Rams was let go at one point in my second year after our first four games. I mean, typically it's a rallying cry. Typically it's, it's let's get something going for the rest of the year. Let's come together. Um, it's usually along those lines, some sort of unifying thing that brings everybody together uh, to get that energy going for the rest of the year. Talking to Adam Carricker. Adam, you know I want to keep you on because it's just it's so it's 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 interesting and it's mystifying to 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 think about you know this happening at this point. Um, do you think what do do you think we should have waited and why? No, I don't, I don't think we should have waited. It's kind of the soliloquy I went on earlier. Just, I mean, if you wait. Three more weeks, yeah, you save seven and a half million dollars, but what's the cost to the program as a whole? Okay. You know, everything just keeps spiraling down. Like at no point something else my dad said to me on Sunday. He's like, At no point did we ever get better. Like from year one to year two to year three to year five. He's like, In my opinion, we actually look worse than, you know, Riley's last year or Frost's first year mm. when when he got here. And I know we started off 0 and six, but just how things look. Mm. You know, um I mean at least in that Troy game I I believe we had a backup quarterback start. Like, there was no backup quarterback last Saturday. Like, we, we were healthy and ready to go for the most part, as any team's going to be. So, um, I think it had to be done, and I think it needed to be done Sunday. And that's, dude, one of the things you and I were chatting about during the game is if we lose, what do we say about Frost job security? And, you know, for me, I had seen other videos, and I had seen other folks and say, it's time and this and that. It's just like with Riley. I, I honestly believe I was the last guy to say Riley needs to go. And I don't know if I was the last guy with Frost, but I am never quick to say somebody needs to be fired. Um, but it needed to happen, and I think it was pretty obvious after Saturday. Absolutely. So last question, I'll let you go. Uh, you're a black shirt. Terrell kind of spoke on this earlier. Um, and Terrell, chime in after Adam. What do you do with that black shirt unit? Do you hand out the other two black shirts to make it a unit, or do you take all black shirts and say it's based on play now? Oh, man, for me, so, you know, it's always been, you know, when I got there, it was pretty cut and dry. Black shirts were handed out to the, not always the starters, but the guys who earned them. Typically, being a starter was one of the prerequisites, but not always. Uh, right, right before the first game, you know, like the Monday or Tuesday heading into that first game, the first practice you had going into game one, it was never really a question. That's just how it always was. And then I forget who it was. Maybe it was Polini or somebody. They didn't hand it out until a couple games were played. And then, you know, it's always been kind of a question since then. When do you hand them out? How do you do it? Um, I've always been the proponent. You know, you hand it out the first practice going into the first week to the guys who've earned it, whoever that is, because the offseason – it's a long time. It's a lot of work, as you guys know. And it means something. Um, I've also never been a big proponent of, hey, we need to yank the black shirts and take them away. And I think they need to be taken back right now. 
And honestly, I think if there was an understanding of what that black shirt means, because I played with one D tackle who had his black shirt taken away, and he, he earned it back. And I played with a, a DB who handed it in on his own. Handed it in because he didn't feel like he earned it. Mm. And the next game, he went out and balled out. The best I've ever seen him play ever. <clears throat> it's almost one of those things where if they truly understood what it meant, in my opinion, somebody might inspire them to, hey, maybe we're going to hand this in on our own until they've truly been earned in game scenarios. That's kind of how I look at it. Mm. Big fella. Appreciate it as always, man. That's Adam character live on the captain show when are you doing your next deal let's see so actually i i, I just recorded a show uh with my all my kids i haven't had all my kids on the show since riley was the coach nice. so it's been at least five years if not more they're my offensive line and then my son jacob's the d-line and i'm the backer and i'm explaining how to be gap sound and i'm explaining what happens on zone runs and the split zone and the cutback and all this and that and how we're getting gassed and it's basic, simple stuff. It's just being gap sound and then tackling. And so that's actually, I think, going to come out in the next day or so. Hey, one other thought, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this, because we have not recruited in-state well at all. And I feel like people want to gloss that over. Oh, it's not that big a deal. It's not that important. I feel like it's incredibly important because it just means more to Nebraska kids, or at least it used to. Um, do you feel like Mickey – could have more success recruiting in-state than we've had previously in the past four or five years. You going to take that first, Terrell? You go ahead, you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Listen, I went I – w- I was telling this story earlier. Uh, um, I went in, and uh, Coach Rude and, and Mickey was at the um, – uh, what, what game West was side. that? Yeah, Bellevue West and, and Westside game. With two of the – I think the one and two top teams in the, in the state, right? And we're standing on – Bellevue West's sideline, and it seems like Bellevue West was doing well or whatever the case may be. And Mickey says, let's go over and stand on West Side sideline so that we give them equal attention. And I thought that that was like – I'm looking at this dude like, man, that is cool. And the athletic director brought over the superintendent of of of, of uh, District 66, introduced him to Mickey, and I, I just thought that that was – that's how you bring people together. You know, he probably never would have said anything to us had we stayed on Bellevue West's sideline. But the fact yep. that we went and traveled over to West Side sideline, it showed you how much Mickey understood that he's not there just for one team or one player. He's there for the entire everybody that's involved in football. Terrell, that's a good take. You know, um, okay. Yeah, I just leave it to you with this uh, recruiting in Nebraska. Yeah, he get he goes out every week and he goes to a game in in Omaha and 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 that and that's a big thing, you know, for these kids to see him out there, you know, watching them goes on both sidelines and that and and and, and that gives us an upper on getting getting the home kids to stay home. I mean, we know we need those big offensive linemen. We need these skilled players from Omaha and and outside of the Omaha area and the small cities. We need we need these kids. Okay, so 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 Adam, I, I just think when you when you look at, at what Mickey has done, he can he transcends uh different people and, and, and he can, I think he can go into the homes of just about anybody and get whoever we need him to get and talk to whoever he needs to talk to to bring in the recruits that we need. And so that in itself taught me that one, but all you hear in Omaha right now is Mickey Joseph. We can't believe Mickey showed up. 
Well, when's the last time the Husker show, coaches showed up? It's been a while. Two years, three years. And, and, and if you are the head coach of the University of Nebraska, Adam, I think you have got to show your face not only in Omaha, but in every high school in the state of Nebraska with football players. Did I get it? You there, Adam? Yeah, no, I'm here. I just want to make sure I didn't interrupt you. I completely agree. It's, it's bothered me for a long time that we lose the in-state recruiting battle to out-of-state teams as often as we do. And I'm going to be honest, I feel like a lot of people like, oh, make excuses, and it's not that big a deal, and it's not that important, and I could not disagree anymore. And I think it's a huge deal, and I think it's a big deal. And I think Mickey Joseph is an individual. I'm sure he's not the only one. I think he's the guy that can, can turn a lot of that around. And that's, I mean, it ain't worked. What, we, what we've been doing for four or five years ain't worked. And so maybe we try something a little different and maybe we try to prioritize the kids in the state of Nebraska when it comes to recruiting. Because, uh, I, oh man, it's on my phone. I, I have to look at it. But as far as guys who've been recruited and are stayed at the university that they were recruited to and committed to all the way through to their senior year. We are dead last in the Big Ten. We have three. Dead last out of 14 teams. That speaks so loudly, I can't hear anything that just about anybody else has to say when it comes to in-state recruiting. <laughs> you, you, know what, you know what I think? If, if, if Mickey can show that, that they improve that he belongs here and he belongs as a head coach of the University of Nebraska, I think that he's going to bring some guys back. I think that there's some guys that got away that maybe slipped through the cracks that because of the transfer portal, I'm, not, I'm just going on a limb. This is me speaking in my opinion, like the Keegan Johnsons of the world. I would love to see Keegan Johnson in the red and white instead of in an Iowa uniform. Now, is that going to happen? Probably not, but it's still wishful thinking. Dude, I'm with you when I watch and – I forget some of these kids' names at this point, so I apologize for that. But I, when I watched the kid who went from Omaha to Stanford a few years ago, the D lineman, and he's out there making plays. And then I watched a couple of years ago the, the kid from Omaha goes to Iowa, and he's making plays in Memorial Stadium, throwing the bones in our face. you know. <laughs> and, and Keegan, you know, Cluster Johnson's son, Keegan, and his kids, and I'm just like, man, how do, how do we not get more of these kids to stay in? Because this freaking matters, and – People look at me like, no, it really doesn't matter. I'm like, really? Because it doesn't seem to be working very well. Maybe we should change our tactic at this. So, anyways, it was just a question I wanted to ask you. Yeah, well, listen to this, though. I, I seen Rob Zadiska at the game, at the West Side game. And, you know, I'm telling, talking to him about, of course, coming on my show because I like Big Rob and I like his takes. And I'm like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, I'm like, and, I, and I had a chance yeah. to play with Big Rob, the, 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 the scholar. But John Zadiska, I came into the University of Nebraska with. I won three national championships with him. He, I was with him when we lost no games on Memorial Stadium. None. When we won 60 and three, we were part of that time together. And you let the nephew and son of that kid go to Missouri where he's number two and has the potential to start. Those are the kids that we can't afford to lose. Can't afford to see those guys go 
to different schools and then be successful. There's a kid at, uh, oh, gosh, he's from Omaha. We're trying to get his little brother. His little brother plays for North. Oh, goodness. Can't remember exactly. I can't remember his name. But there, there, there's a lot of kids that we have access to now that I can tell you right now we won't lose. The top guys will go to Nebraska. They'll get an opportunity. And the guys, I think at this point, there's, there's minds in the room. If a guy's a great guy and he's a walk-on and he comes and he says, do I have an opportunity to play and earn a position or should I go somewhere else? I think the, power, the powers that be will tell him, if he's a guy that we think can play, let's go. If he's a guy that we think, eh, it's just going to be a practice body, I think you should go to Wayne State and be great there and still be great for the state of Nebraska. Adam, man, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, fellas. Come on, man. You know I can keep you on all day, but I, won't, I don't want to be rude. I told Coach Osborne I work on my timing. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, appreciate it. That's Adam Carrick alive. We're going to throw it to break. It's the captain with the black shirts and Coven. Yeah, move. Get out the way. It's the captain. The ticket, 93.7. <laughs> Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.